Now, it's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. Good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning, my friend. Did you have a wonderful Christmas? I did. I did. In fact, I had uh, Don Bounds' famous clam chowder. Believe it or not. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I saw that. I saw. I saw you. You were hanging out with some of my favorite people. You yeah. had John. You had Chef Richard. I you had did. the whole crew together. I had everyone but you. I know. I was very sad about that. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, but I was I was admiring y'all from afar. Yeah, well, we had some great food between Don Bound and Chef Richard. It was pretty good. He cooked Asian, which was I I mean I've never had that for Christmas, and uh, I had it for three days after. I had the beef lo mein yesterday again, delicious, fresh dumplings. I mean, he's just amazing at what he does. Chef Richard is amazing, and I I did not know he my kids will be like over the moon because they love Asian food. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm gonna have to guess I'm gonna have to invite him over. Is that bad <laughs> to invite Chef Richard to your house because he's so phenomenal and then just ask him politely to cook for you. Exactly. Too. <laughs> I know and I didn't ask he he offered. He offered. So I was like, yeah, I mean sure. Absolutely. What a gift that was. So um but anyway, um I hope you had a, a wonderful Christmas. Did were you at the beach or were you up in uh, Spartanburg area? Yep, I was up in the Greenville-Spartanburg area um, for Christmas. You know, David has a great aunt and an uncle that is still with us. And so um, they are by themselves. And so we always make it a point to stay in the upstate because they would have nowhere to go if we came down to the beach. Ah. And so we always keep our holidays there. Um, although, you know, you know me, Liz, my heart is always kind of at the beach. <laughs> so, uh, but it, it is a great, it's great to be with family. And that's what the season's all about, right? Yeah. Is making sure we keep our, keep our family close and we never know how long God gives them to us. Yeah. So gotta, gotta take advantage of every holiday you have with them. Absolutely. Well, um, speaking of, you know, going around the state, uh, we got news that the new population estimates from the U.S. Census Bureau show South Carolina is the top state in percentage population growth. So it is. tell us about that. So, you know, the census, the census showed us like overall we're third in the nation. Like if you just look at overall, just state. Don't look at size. Don't look at percent of population. Um, but when you look at percent of population, you know, because on that list you have Florida and you have Tennessee, um, and they are much bigger states just in an area than we are. But, um, you know, I'm really proud to say, Liz, we're doing things right because on the list, of all the lists in the top five, you know, we're only one of two that have a state income tax. Mm. You know, most people are moving to states, you know, not just, you know, they'll retire and they'll say, well, you know, I want to move somewhere that's warm, number one, and two, is good um, tax-wise. Right. And, you know, we keep we keep lowering our taxes. The governor and I, Bolton, think that we would like to get to zero state income tax. Um, and we can do that by growing the state effectively, right? You know, this was President Trump's whole idea for our nation. And it worked. Like, spark the economy give businesses the ability to grow. They'll grow organically because they're growing. They'll pay more taxes. You don't have to raise taxes. You know, if everybody's prospering, just again, organically, they'll, they'll pay more tax and you won't have to keep doing these things to get, to get things done. And so that's kind of been our philosophy and we've done really well with huge surpluses over the last few years. So we're going to continue to cut taxes as long as we can. 
Okay. And, you know, I mean, there's been talk about cutting it for uh, veterans, you know, and, you know, some people mention first responders. I mean, where does the governor uh, or you stand on, on that? So we were very supportive um, and we were overjoyed when we were able to cut it for our veterans. So, so veteran state pensions are zero, zero income tax. And we'll continue this year. There was a big push last year. They just ran out of time in the General Assembly. There's another big push to do that with our law enforcement. Um, we do feel that, you know, with the, with the raises that we've given them, historical raises, um, and then doing a tax cut um, on their pensions, uh, this becomes, you know, a really good way to attract. Because, you know, when you think about uh, law enforcement, they, some of them, if they've put in their 20 or 25, depending on the state they're in, they can then retire. And then they start another career. Uh, a lot of times, uh, as I travel, um, and I'm, you know, especially if you're in a blue state, Liz, I mean, we don't have to, we don't have to paint that out of the picture, but I have been in Chicago or New York when I've traveled for RLGA. And when law enforcement will meet at the airport, they'll tell me, they're like, listen, you know, we can't do this anymore here in this state. So, you know, I have six months, I have one year, and then I'm done, and I'm, I'm moving. Hmm. And I'm always saying, come to South Carolina. <laughs> we yeah. love our law enforcement, and we need more law enforcement. Um, so that would become a huge recruiting tool. Yeah, absolutely. I was just looking, um, and I know, I'm guessing you probably heard about the cross-burning incident that we had. Uh, I think it was... I don't know, maybe right after Thanksgiving. And um, did you hear about it? I did not. So you need to tell it to me. November 24th. Okay. So November 24th, we had an incident. um, Two people, you know, listen, I think it was a one-off. These people that are just, you know, half cracked, whatever, decided to burn a cross on the front lawn of a couple who's black, in the Conway community. And I was hoping it wasn't going to turn into this big, like, community thing. I mean, it's awful. I just think that these people were just unstable. I I kind of delved deep into their, you know, social media, and I can see the unraveling of a mind in there and drug use and all that. And I, I didn't want it to reflect the community. But, you know... The South Carolina NAACP and uh, many leaders in this area got together and they had to talk about this. And now, of course, it's restarted this um, talk about a hate crime bill that we should have here in the state of South Carolina, which we don't. Um, Now we have the Federal uh, Bureau of Investigations going in to investigate what happened here. It says here, federal agents are investigating allegations of racial discrimination after this South Carolina couple. They're, I think, dating. They're not married. They're accused of harassing and stalking their black neighbors. Um, And it says here in this article, the federal, the FBI uh, said it executed a court authorized law enforcement activity at a residence in Conway. The action is related to an ongoing criminal civil rights investigation involving allegations of racial discrimination. We're working jointly with the U.S. Attorney's Office as well as our local and state partners to thoroughly examine this matter. And we're dedicated to ensuring equality and fairness within our communities. And, you know, I agree with all that. 
this uh, 28-year-old and 27-year-old, both white, uh, used a racially motivated, uh, you know, language and actions. And, uh, you know, this couple is saying, oh, I'm out of here. You know, I'm not, you know, all this stuff. It's horrible. But, but I don't want it, it to horrible. reflect our community. And it seems like, you know, that's kind of what's happening. But I just wanted to know how you felt about the, the hate crime bill. And do you think we need it? Would uh, governor well, you know, sign it? Well, you know, this is this. I, th- I think it always like with any bill, you got to wait and see how it's written. Right. That's right. I, I think it's horrible. I think these kind of things are horrible. And it's what you said. There has to be a certain amount of mental illness involved in this. Oh, yeah. Uh, when, when you do something so heinous. I mean, we've seen, I, I think you and I talked about this a little bit a few, probably about a month ago or in October when, you know, Hamas, you know, invaded Israel and, and the horrible, horrible atrocities that happened there. I mean, and they're still uncovering, you know, the the amount of women that were abused and mutilated and raped and babies mm. like I can't even fathom. Right. And how we still see people siding with Hamas. Right. And I, and, and what I want to, what I want to say and what I've been saying, and what I say to my kids and what I feel like I, I'm obligated to say because it, it's in my soul is you can never, we have this whole um, crazy movement. It seems like happening where people try to take a bad act and justify it for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You can never make something that's wrong right, no matter the reason. There is never a reason that you do something to, you know, to like horrify anyone. You never lay your hands on another person. You never, I mean, you can't, you can never make a wrong right. That is just the bottom line on it. And, And we have got to stop allowing people to try to justify wrong acts. Across the board, I don't care what it is, big or little, no matter the reason. So, um, you know, I think, you know, the hate crime bills come up every year. I think it's going to depend how it's written. I think the governor, who is always, you know, based everything he does constitutionally, that's kind of like the path that he followed through COVID, through all kinds of things, um, feels that it's always dangerous when you try to get into somebody's head. Right, so he draws a line when you try to say, "Well, Liz Calloway was thinking this, right?" Because nobody knows what Liz Calloway was thinking in her head. Mm-hmm. We can only assume that, right? And then you start to get into blurry lines. So again, bills like that always—it always is critical to see how it's written before you can say if you'll stand for it or not. Well, it seems you know the whole um, cross-burning incident, and I don't even know exactly how it manifested, but obviously we know that's a symbol of hate. It seems like they found investigation uh, revealed, you know, some, you know, the racially motivated conversations between the two and and what they did. It's, it's horrible, but I I just feel like we need to be clear that that's not indicative of the rest of this area. And everybody's appalled by that, you know, and, um, and, and I don't want it to, uh, to kind of uh, shine a negative light on the community because it's, you know, that, it's not. It's, it's, it's not. 
it is not a, even a sampling of what people feel. I mean, people of South Carolina are some of the most kind and gracious people. And I think we're so quick to do that in so many ways, right, Liz? Because, mm-hmm. like, if you have, there's good and bad in everything, in every profession, in every community, and you can't love everybody together. And we saw that with law enforcement, right? You have one bad apple or one bad something that happens, and now everybody tries to throw it. Uh, you know, like the whole profession in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there's, there's good and bad in everything. And I think we have to stop, you know, throwing out the babies with the bathwater and start going, this is an isolated incident. I mean, I, I, I didn't hear about it. So it, it either didn't get to me in the upstate. And I think during that time I was really, I was traveling. I think I did that eight days on the road where I was everywhere with Republican caucuses and RLGA, but um, I'm glad it's not getting, national attention, like I haven't seen it on national news, because right. you're right, I would hate for anybody to think uh, that South Carolinians um, in any way would justify that, because I'm sure any person you asked would be 100% appalled. So in light of that, you know, we had this, what some people are considering a face plant by former Governor Nikki Haley when she was asked the question, and she kind of felt it based on her reaction and i don't know if you saw that exchange um where she was in a town hall at a new hampshire in new hampshire and she was asked what was the cause of the civil war and she kind of said oh that's a hard one you know and it was kind of like and she gave an answer what many people considered bungling because she never mentions one of the causes or the main cause being you know slavery and yeah. people are saying, oh, we find it awfully rich because she's the one who removed the Confederate flag from, you know, the uh, Confederate memorial at the, in the Statehouse grounds and all this stuff. So I, I'm wondering, what, what do you make? Because we played the clip earlier. What do you make of this whole um, cause of the Civil War answer that she gave? <laughs> I don't know. I, I actually didn't hear her, her response. So I, I don't I don't know. But. You know, I just think, I just think, listen, this presidential election is going to be um, a turning point in this country. And, uh, you know, I, I want people to focus on the things that are really causing our country to be in a bad place, right? Our border, on to look at energy. I want them to look at the economy. I don't want us to stray into issues because when you look at true issues that are impacting every American, right? Like we can get lost in the weeds of of so many things, right? You know, five eight throws all kinds of things up in the air and Chris Christie's just mean. Like President Trump is not just talking about what would I do on day one. President Trump is talking about what I'm gonna do on day two. And this is what I was saying to somebody over the holidays. It's like, you know, everybody is talking about this, that, or the other thing, and he is staying focused on the border. He's staying focused on energy. He's staying focused on, you know, unrest across the globe. Because, you know, China is talking about what they're going to do to Taiwan. And, and, we're, and, and people are asking questions about your feelings on what happened you know, a hundred years ago, like let's stay, we, we have so many problems that are affecting us today. That's what I want people to focus on when they're looking at their presidential candidate. 
And President Trump has got a clear path because whoever is the next president, and and I pray every day it's a Republican in that White House, is going to have to deal with the fact that we have undocumented illegal aliens on our streets, in our communities, from all over the world, right? President Trump has talked about the fact that other countries are letting out prisoners. They're letting out people that have uh, mental illnesses that were institutionalized, and they are sending them here. And those are people on our streets. And as a mom, I am scared to death who is in this country. Yeah. And we need a president that is going to be focused on how do we take care of this unprecedented mess that we have never seen um, here in our country. And so that's what I want people to focus on, right? Focus on a president who's got a vision for the future that is going to help you at your kitchen table, right? And let's not get off in the weeds. Let's really focus on who's talking about the critical issues. And for me, that is President Trump. I need to just mention one more thing because I promised I would pass this information on. Um, I was contacted by someone who works for a company that processes federal enrollments in Myrtle Beach, like TSA PreCheck and all that. And this is where I went to go get my TSA PreCheck, so I know exactly where this building is in Myrtle Beach. One of the Uh things that they do there is hazmat endorsements on a CDL. And what this person said about working there is, uh, speaking of the border here, Um, they say uh, there are illegal immigrants coming to their office daily. They have a South Carolina commercial driver's license, a social security number, and a work authorization card, and they are illegal. They said that most list their citizenship status as asylum, and they're applying for hazmat endorsement to carry explosive chemicals and a TWIC card, which allows them to get onto port, ports, maritime vessels, and military bases. I'll ask what could go wrong. <laughs> they said, what couldn't go wrong, right? I can see that some do not have the authorized category class on their work authorization card to apply, so the enrollment process stops immediately. What happens if some of these people in some places are getting looked over and they end up processed and they have all this access and they have this ability to haul hazardous materials on their CDL. Um, how is this happening? How is this happening here? Uh, you know, is wonder and, and how are they getting, and I, and I was listening to somebody talking about the border and these people are getting cell phones. They're getting work authorization cards and they're getting all of this as part of the process of crossing the border illegally. You know, Liz, again, these are kind of like federal issues that I don't know the ins and outs of um, when it comes to immigration. I can tell you that that is why I go back exactly to what I said before. The mess that has been created is We is, don't even is, know is, the half of monumental. it. We don't. We don't know how it's going to manifest. The voting and driver's licenses and... And and how? How are people... We have veterans that can't get the services they need across this country. Right. And we we have... So when I hear these stories, I always wonder, like, 
you know, you know me, I, I always am skeptical to say, okay, how did this happen? Is this the exception? Is this the rule? Is there a path? And I think with so many, um, so many of these processes that are bureaucratic processes, um, we can't, you know, it, it, these are all loopholes that people find, right? Like, you know, nobody, who, who, who 50, 60 years ago would have thought that our borders would be wide open and people from anywhere could come in, right? So did they put a stopgap in these things? So I always tend to wonder, like, what is, what is happening, very much like you? Mm-hmm. Secondly, we, we really have to be vigilant. Like, we, we have to be vigilant. And I do encourage, when people are working in these bureaucratic areas and they see problems... Yeah. Well, she I mean, reached out with, to me and asked me to, to tell Congressman Russell Fry, and I did. But I wanted to let you know, because there's got to be something, you know, the state legislature could do or a governor could do. How do we protect South Carolinians from the border crisis? Well, you know, what we've done as a state is we continue. We've, we've sent troops down to the border. The governor has enacted um, Chief Keel to be on the lookout for migrant dumping in our state uh, so we can get try to get a handle on it. Because let me tell you, the Biden administration, um, it, it's not a good working relationship uh, with any red state that I've ever heard. Right. You know, this this has happened in Iowa where you go to the go to the White House and you say, hey, we had a report of this happening and they just don't respond. So they're not working with us. And that's why, you know, I almost find it comical when you look at the mayor of Chicago, right? Or you look at the mayor of New York City and pre-Greg Abbott sending um, illegal immigrants to their city, they were a sanctuary city. Everybody is welcome. This is America, right? And, and, and all of that is true if you come through the channels legally. But when they got a taste, just a taste, of what our southern border states, mostly our Republican states, are dealing with, the amount of money, the amount of crime, the, uh, the incredible disruption to their citizens, mm-hmm. they just get a taste of it, and they're running for cover. And so I say kudos to Greg Abbott because he's shown the hypocrisy of what they believe is true. <laughs> and and I, I, you know, saw on the news the other day that, you know, they're complaining because a whole other group um, of illegals were, you know, sent to Chicago, right? And now they're dealing with, again, just a fraction of what Texans have been dealing with for the, you know, the last three years. Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett, Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're out of time, and uh, we wish you a very happy new year. And I guess we'll talk to you next week. That's true. That's true. I'm wishing everybody a happy and safe new year. Um, wherever you are, I'm wishing you many blessings in 2024. I think we have 2024 is going to be a big year, Liz, and we all need we all need to pray for great outcomes. Yeah. We all need to get out there and make sure that we are telling everybody they need to vote because 2024 is going to oh. be a pivotal year here. Speaking of that, today at 2 o'clock, Javier gets sworn in as an American citizen. And I said, honey, you get to vote for Trump. That's the best part. <laughs> that is the best part. And you know what? You still owe me an address because I owe him oh. a letter of congratulations. Okay. I will, I'll text right. it on over to you. Thank you so much, Lieutenant Governor. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year, everybody. Nick, 
Stay out of trouble on New Year's Eve, all right? I don't want to read about you in the headlines. I thought I could just uh, get my get-out-of-jail-free card by texting you back. <laughs> well, hey, you what? know what? what? Phone a friend all the time, Nick. Phone a friend all the time. Uh, I-, I would be happy personally to help you, but I don't know if that <laughs> me being lieutenant governor could help a whole heck of a lot, but hey. I'd be there for you, my friend. Listen, I'm a father of a five-year-old. I ain't getting into any trouble. <laughs> well, he was so is, boring. He, he lives such a boring life. I do days. live a boring life now, yeah, but I'm, I'm okay There's with it. something to be said. Yeah. There's something to be said for a boring life, let me tell you. Well, Liz, and all seriousness, please tell Javier just how proud of him we are, and, and we'll be thinking of him today. Oh, and he's going to be, I will, he's going to be an excellent American. Just letting you know. I, I, I have no <laughs> doubt you will keep him completely in line. <laughs> all right, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, guys.